The views and opinions on this podcast regarding any people or businesses mentioned are based on interviews and articles available to the public. The views and opinions of any guests are not necessarily those of the host, the producer, or Pants Pending Studios. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dog Lady Rants. I am your host, someone with an opinion and a platform. Uh, my opinion's not always popular. I don't always care. So welcome back to any of our current listeners. Welcome to any new listeners. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, this week, I'm actually going to center it around an email that I got because uh, it's it's a pretty pretty good topic, pretty hot topic in in some circles. Um, so let's let's just go ahead and jump right in. And I I do want to throw a disclaimer out there to start with. Um, you know, it is Dog Lady Rant, so I do have dogs in the background. One of them has decided that this is the best time to crunch food loudly to chew on his bone in a way that makes it sound like someone is eating broccoli right behind me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it may be some dog noises, but if you're a dog person, you are used to that. So, all right. So the email, and, and if you ever want to shoot me an email, um, it is dogladyrants at gmail.com. So, um, but anyways, this email was from Trisha and she was okay with me using her name. Um, Dear Dog Lady Rants, my friend recently rescued a sick puppy from a pet store. She paid $4,600 to rescue it. If she hadn't bought her, she would have died because it needed vet care. She paid another $1,800 to save her from Parvo. Did she really rescue her? P.S. She bought a blue French bulldog with CKC papers. She said it was, or they said it was rare, but it doesn't look French bulldog to me. What do you think? Um, well, there was no photo attached, so I can't say whether or not I think it looks like a French bulldog. That's not my breed, but I, uh, being around the shows, I could probably um, spot a well-bred one versus a um, cross-bred or a poorly-bred one. Um, as far as the CKC papers, it really also depends on if that's Canadian Kennel Club, which is the equivalent of AKC in Canada, or if it is Continental Kennel Club, which will register just about anything with a heartbeat. Um, so... Uh, that that last part I can't really answer as far as it being blue. You can go back to one of my previous podcasts called Breeding for Color. Um, that will give you a whole lot of my opinion on that topic. Uh, but back to the original question, is that really a rescue? Um, and that's what the podcast is about today is is rescue. What is rescue? And and the word is thrown around a lot because rescue has become this, you know, this very um, popular way to get a dog. And if you don't rescue a dog, it's like you, you've got something to be ashamed of with your peers if um, for some odd reason you went out and actually purchased a dog rather, in, rather than quote unquote rescuing it. So let's, let's look at the definition of rescue. Um, the definition is the act of saving someone from a danger or from danger or distress. So, you know, there's in some situations, yes, there's immediate danger and there's immediate distress for the animals. And that's typically when um, an, an animal welfare organization will go in and take the animals. Is somebody walking into a shelter rescuing a dog when they purchase a dog or someone who goes to a rescue and purchases a dog there are they rescuing the dog um so now if you're looking 
at a pet shop, there are avenues for reporting abuse and neglect in a pet shop. So I don't believe that you have to put $4,600 into the pocket of the pet shop owner in order to rescue that dog. I think if there is a, an issue with neglect and with care and with, you know, the sickness running rampant in that pet sh shop, um, there are avenues for reporting that. So sadly, even in a case um, such as that where the puppy is sick, um, you're still purchasing a dog. Sadly, you're purchasing a sick dog, um, but you're still purchasing a dog. And, and um, here's an interesting situation. So what do we hear from rescue groups, from animal rights groups? What do they say about where you should purchase a dog? The place that you should avoid is you should never purchase from a breeder. It's, it's adopt, don't shop, correct? So never purchase from a breeder because any every puppy that they produce, every puppy that you purchase from a breeder kills a puppy in a shelter or kills a dog in a shelter. And breeders should all just stop breeding until all of the shelter dogs um, and all of the rescue dogs have homes, right? Sounds simple, sounds like a, you know, lovely concept and, you know, stay away from all those evil breeders. But here's a situation, and it's it's a dirty little secret <laughs> of the rescue world. And, and not every rescue, again, good and bad in every type of organization. These are the um, probably well-meaning, but sadly very lost rescues who do this. They call it, um, I believe it's called puppy mill uh, auction rescue. So in places, uh, there's a couple of big ones in Missouri that, that have auctions at least uh, once a month. And um, the breeders will come and they will auction the puppies and, and adult dogs off. And it's typically not very reputable breeders there. I mean, I... I don't know any reputable breeder that would just send their dog off to be auctioned without knowing where they would go and, you know, how they would be cared for. And you, you just don't auction them off like livestock. Uh, so this is where a lot of these big commercial um, and mill type breeders go to sell their dogs. And a lot of them are dogs they're done breeding. Um, and so they're just kind of clearing out their their older breeding stock, and that really makes me sad, but that's what a, a lot of them um, do. And, uh, and sometimes that dog may be bought by another breeder to maybe, you know, try one more litter out of them. Um, and then, you know, maybe back at the auctions again. It's a sad situation. It's not a good place. So I, I understand why these breeders, or excuse me, while these rescuers would go to the mill auctions and um, pick up some of these dogs and it used to be they'd only pay a few bucks for them. I mean it was kind of like the last stop for a lot of these dogs or they you know they're they've got excess puppies so they're selling the puppies off and, and the prices were fairly low. But what has happened now is that there has been a whole new market created because what these rescues would do is they go out and they crowdfund, they throw up these GoFundMes, and money pours in. In some cases, a couple hundred thousand dollars has been raised in order to, quote-unquote, rescue these dogs. 
So what do you think the breeders are thinking when these rescue groups are showing up, sometimes bidding against each other in an effort to secure these dogs from their horrible fates in the hands of other breeders that they think are the devil? And in some cases, they're not good breeders, and it's not a good situation. But, um, you know, they're, they're going in there with their heart in the right place, and then they get stupid. And they start bidding the prices up on these dogs. So now we have a whole new market created where breeders are breeding their dogs specifically for the auctions because they know that the rescuers will pay large prices for them. And that sounds kind of silly, like you're thinking, how the heck can that happen? But they do. And some of the, the dogs actually get held back by the breeder for a little longer till they're almost to their first heater until they're almost breeding age. And then they take them to the auction because there's a bigger scramble to bid on those dogs and get them away from those breeders before they can be bred. So they're saving them from the fate of being bred. And these breeders are holding them back knowing this. They've been created and they have been held back and matured specifically to take to the auction so that these rescuers will buy them for that reason. They've created those dogs for them. So by trying to save them, you've caused more to be created because you've created a bigger market now. So now, again, this is not all rescues. This is just some very misled rescues who think that they're doing a good thing by going to these auctions. But do you know how much they're paying in some of these cases? It's absolutely crazy. I have got a screenshot of some of the prices here. Um, and I think you'll be a little bit surprised at one particular auction. Let's see, there was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel for $10,000. A French Bulldog brought $8,750. A Yorkie brought $4,300. Standard Poodle, $3,500. English Bulldog, $3,400. Golden Retriever, $2,550. A Lab, $2,500. A Boxer, $2,500. Do you know that you can get these dogs from breeders who are responsible for a whole lot less? And think about the fact that you're doing no different than somebody walking into a pet store and spending $5,000 or $10,000 on a puppy that was from one of these commercial breeders. So you can't preach against buying from a pet store or buying from a breeder and then you go to an auction and you put a lot of money into those same breeders' pockets so they can go and breed more. And they're breeding them for you guys. If you are one of those rescues that goes and bids at auctions, they are breeding these dogs specifically for you. Let that sink in. Think about all of the complaints you have about these breeders and how the dogs are kept and how they're being used and realize that you are causing some of that now. It is not a smart plan. It is not. And rescue has become such a, 
it's a popular thing now. It's the thing to do. When you go to a dog park, oh gosh, don't go with a purebred. Go with your rescue. And the bigger your story, the more of a saint you are for bringing a rescue. And it's great when they are rescued. It's great when they are adopted from a shelter. All of that is great. But it's starting to morph into a status thing now where if someone does buy a dog off of Craigslist or from a breeder, um, they are they have to put some sort of story behind it so that it is a rescue also. And you hear these, these stories about how, oh, I, I rescued this one from a breeder. No, you didn't. You went there and you picked out a puppy and you wrote a check and you bought it. Now, just because you looked around and went, mm, I, don't, I don't really like the fact that they have X number of dogs or I didn't like, you know, where they were kept or whatever. Whatever type of breeder it was you were buying from, you can look around and find something that you object to and then you walk out of there saying, oh, Thank goodness I got that dog out of there. I rescued it. No, you didn't. You bought it. You purchased a product. You don't walk out of a store and say, thank goodness I bought this. And that's what you're doing. You, you're making a purchase. Yes, it is a living being, but you, you still made a purchase that wasn't a rescue. Okay. Now, again, let's, let's look at rescue. You're removing something from danger or distress. Now, what could be considered distress? Because I think you've got to kind of hammer down on what an actual rescue is. Because distress to some people could be, um, you know, you go to the vet with a nervous dog and the dog is distressed. Well, are you rescuing the dog by taking it home? No. Um, some dogs with separation anxiety. Um, that's distress when their owner leaves. Should that dog be rescued? No, there's different types of distress. Putting a dog in a crate at night for its own safety, um, that could be considered distress for the dog if it's not used to that. So um, distress needs to actually be something that is, it needs to be in danger. It needs to, there needs to be a large risk of something very bad happening to the dog um, for it to be a rescue. So when you go to a shelter and you see, let's say there is an, uh, there's a French bulldog that the owner was unfortunate enough to not have claimed in time. It was found wandering and it comes up for adoption after, say, three days time. And if on the list there are eight people who have written their name down saying, I want to be next in line, nobody rescued that dog. Somebody bought that dog. No one rescued it because there was, with eight people waiting for that dog, there was no chance that it was going to be put to sleep or euthanized because it's sitting in the shelter too long. In some of the northern rescues, um, there's, a, there's a shortage of highly adoptable dogs. And a highly adoptable dog would be like the Benji types, the fluffy types, um, or a good-looking purebred. As, as much as breeders are put down for creating these purebreds and, oh, it's, you know, this awful practice and blah, blah, blah. Everybody likes a good-looking purebred dog. I am sorry, but if you see one in a shelter that is obviously a well-bred dog, people are lining up for that. And especially if they can quote-unquote rescue a purebred dog that looks really nice, like it was well-bred, looks like it might have been very expensive at one time, all the better. 
Um, and, and you know, it may, it's probably not like that in a lot, or actually I know for a fact, it's not like that in a lot of the southern states where there is a, a bigger overpopulation problem and the shelters are a lot more full than up north. So up, up north, they are pulling dogs from uh, the southern states because there is a shortage of highly adoptable dogs. Um, but when there's multiple people on a list for a certain dog, or if it's a highly adoptable dog and it's only been there a couple of days and, you know, it's got a, a month before it even has to start to worry, you're still not rescuing that dog because that dog is in no danger. There's high demand for a lot of these dogs. So if you were, you know, number one on a list of eight or even number one on a list of three, you didn't rescue a dog. You were just first in line from a lot of people who would have also given that dog a good home. So that dog was not in danger. Now, a rescue dog in my mind is one that is on death row. That it has limited amount of time. Um, it is not a highly adoptable dog. Maybe it has medical issues. A lot of times there, there may be a behavioral issue. Maybe it has issues with going to the bathroom in the house. Um, maybe it can't be around kids, can't be around other pets. There's a lot of reasons why the dog is not being adopted. That is a rescue. That is a dog that you have to rehab or you have to put in the extra time or extra vet work or whatever in order to save that dog from a worse fate, whether it's being euthanized or having uh, worse medical problems um, or just sitting in a shelter for the rest of its life. I mean, that is rescuing a dog. And, and that is most definitely a noble deed. There's a, there's a lot of them like that. They're a little bit tougher cases or in the more densely populated areas um, where the overpopulation is a big problem. That is rescuing a dog. But just because you got on the list ahead of everybody else for a highly adoptable dog is not rescuing it. And it's interesting because every dog has to have this story of abuse. Oh, it, you know, when I drop something loud, my dog runs out of the room. So someone must have beat it over the head with something heavy. I mean, you hear these stories all the time. Or they, or they say, um, <laughs> I see these all the time in rescue videos. Oh, it's the first time their feet have touched grass. How do you know that? Y you didn't go to the commercial breeders facility. And I've seen some of these videos and, I, and I've seen the horrible videos, the awful, you know, stacked cages and the, the filth and, and it's horrific. I have also seen videos of these really, really nice commercial facilities. And although personally, I couldn't leave my dogs in one as, you know, regardless of, you know, the marble floors and the state of the art, this and that, I, I can't, I can't do that with my own dogs. I admire the facilities. I'd love to have the facilities. I just wouldn't put any dogs in them. Um, but you see some of these very nice facilities and they have these big grassy turnout runs. And there is a requirement with USDA for the dogs to get a certain amount of exercise it's, um, each day. And so they have grassy turnout runs. So you don't know that that dog has never touched grass. You don't know that they've never had playtime, you know, and, and if a dog is shy, sometimes it's shy or it hasn't been handled very much. It doesn't mean somebody beat it. doesn't mean someone jabbed a, a stick in there and poked at it or, or any of the things that your mind is coming up with. 
if if you don't know for sure people have to stop making up stories about these rescue dogs to make the rescue more dramatic oh well you know a man with a hat came in the room and he shied and so a man with a hat must have beat him you know no he probably just looked different because he had a hat on my dogs would do the same thing and they're spoiled to death so you know you just use your brain don't make stuff up you've probably already got a good enough story behind your dog you don't need to embellish it to to make it a bigger rescue effort than it was there's nothing wrong with saying i went and i bought a dog at the pound big deal it's not a a sin to go purchase a dog and people have to stop feeling guilty for making a purchase of an animal they are still property as much as they are our families and as much as we love them they are still our property and it is a good thing that they are still property because the animal rights group would love to give them their own rights so that they can take them away from us okay so it's fine to purchase a dog it's fine to purchase a dog from a breeder it's fine to purchase one from a pet store it is fine to purchase one on craigslist it is fine to purchase one wherever you want. Now, I wouldn't recommend a lot of that. <laughs> of course not. But it is someone's right to do that. And it's very, very odd to see rescues purchasing them at huge, huge prices at auctions when we're all being told to avoid those breeders like the plague because it's only killing dogs that are in shelters. It is, it is very hypocritical and it is absolutely insane that they are fueling that market. And, and un, you can't say unknowingly because at some point you have to realize how much money you're putting into the pockets of those breeders. Some r rescue organizations are raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sometimes these auctions will bring in $500,000 when normally they didn't used to bring that at all. And so these breeders are going home and, you know, they're laughing all the way to the bank. And in these some of these articles in Forbes magazine and in, I believe it was the Washington Post, um, they're interviewing some of these breeders and they're loving it. It is a whole new market. Their profits have gone up. It's a whole new way for them to focus. So while we're shutting down um, the ability for pet stores to sell uh, puppies from these breeders, which just happened in California recently, um, while those types of things are happening, they're, they're selling their dogs out the other end with um, through these auctions and making just as much if not more the pet stores got to mark up those dogs too so they're not getting as much as they're now getting from rescue groups so you may have just as well gone into a pet store bought up all the dogs said thank you very much walked out and then said hey we rescued them you see how that doesn't make sense and the same thing happens with horses it's not the exact same thing because this you know horses go off to slaughter so um there's these auctions that they get run through and the meat buyers will go in a lot of times the rescue organizations are not there to begin with but what have they usually come together after the fact so what happens is uh the meat buyers come in 
and they buy up these horses. They take them all back to their place. They've got a truck coming to pick up um, the horses that are going to slaughter. And what they'll do is they'll advertise certain ones and say, hey, this one's going to slaughter on such and such a date unless someone pays X amount, then they can buy them before they can go to before they go to slaughter. So um, you can rescue them for X number of dollars. So what ha is happening is they're buying them cheap at the auction, and then they're bringing them back, and then they're marking them up to flip. And if they don't flip them, they send them off to to slaughter anyway and get their money that way. So either way, it doesn't matter to them. Um, but they're probably getting a bigger profit from charging the rescues to quote-unquote save them. And it's sad that there is a new market that's being created from people's desire to help these animals out of a bad situation. But these, these breeders have been quoted as saying their profits have gone up. Uh, because of the income from the auction. And the auctions now are bringing anywhere from 10 to 40% of their profit because of the increase in the rescues being involved in purchasing the dogs there. So, you know, the, the rescues are looking to do the right thing, but, but it's backfiring. It's having a horrible effect. So look at the organizations that you're working with. Look at the rescues that you're working with and make sure they're not doing this and just keeping it under wraps because a lot of them are not advertising the fact that some of these dogs are coming from auctions. They are being purchased from breeders. They are shopping for dogs and then adopting the dogs out. I know that they're probably not going to find that phrasing to be to their liking. <laughs> but they are shopping with the very breeders that they are warning everyone against and warning them against contributing to that type of breeding and that type of operation. They're going in there and they're paying massive amounts of money to continue what they're doing so that they can bring dogs back home and adopt them out as rescues. So um, very mixed up very wrong, uh, very dysfunctional kind of a situation. Anyways, that about wraps up this episode. Uh, thank you to uh, Pants Pinning Studios for hosting the podcast. Thank you to my producer for putting it together once I am done ranting. And uh, next week, we will be talking about um, breeder slurs, <laughs> such as Puppy Mill, backyard breeder things of that nature so and I am one that is just as much to blame as anybody else we're going to talk a little bit more about how though that phrasing is thrown around um, and talk a little bit about the different types of breeders um, people's rights to breed versus their responsibility as being good breeders um, so we're just going to delve into that next week um, again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, good or bad, you can contact me by email at dogladyrants at gmail.com. Again, it's dogladyrants at gmail.com or find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the dogladyrants. You can also message me through there as well. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
Dog Lady Rants is a Pants Pending Studios production. And part of the Pants Pending Studios Entertainment Network. Find all of our great shows at pantspending.com. Get in touch with us by emailing us from pantspending.com or find us at Pants Pending on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show, throw the show a rating on iTunes, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you want to help support the network, you can at patreon.com slash pantspending. Thanks for making us a part of your listening day. Okay, all together on three, one, two, three. Pants, pants, pants pending. pending. Ah, close enough.